Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. Good morning, Professor. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning to you and to the listeners. Uh, Professor, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, the, the question that's in my head was, why was there such a large amount of foreign currency stored in someone's home, hidden in furniture, if this is true? What went through your mind um, around this conversation? Come again? So I'm saying, so in my mind, um, I was thinking, why was there such a large amount of money being of foreign currency stored and hidden in someone's home in their furniture? If this is true, what went through your mind uh, when you heard of this report? Uh, all right, let me just uh, first of all just start off by saying an institution is silent and silent forever. May that soul rest in peace. Mm. Um, when we talk about such amounts of money, which I can't even write, even if I were to use a pen the old-fashioned way, one begins to ask, by the way, there are regulatory frameworks that determine how much money one can keep in his own vault, how much foreign currency one can keep in his own vault. Now, given the status of the person we are talking about, he's best qualified than I do to understand those regulations. And possibly, consciously, he did what he did, knowing that it is probably in contravention of certain regulations. And to that extent, in the court of public opinion, those best qualified to talk about this, they would say he knew, he knew that he wasn't doing the right thing. How the money was acquired is a different matter. But just the regulatory framework, yeah. certainly, SARS and the South African Reserve Bank will have an interest in this matter. What what do you think of his answer? Initially, he released a statement uh, which was very vague and basically ended up by saying, I'm also not going to be further discussing this. Then um, at the conference um, in Limpopo last night, he obviously spoke about it and he came out and said, look, I haven't stolen um, you know, public money, which is initially not what people are saying. Um, it's about whether the money was declared to SARS. Um, it's about why was the money hidden there. What do you think of the actual answer that the president gave? He is always prone to answer questions that are not raised, and they tend to put him in a pickle. And again, the statement was made, perhaps get out of it and allow due, allow due process to take its course, as they said initially. Because the more you answer, the more you, put your, you, you make yourself vulnerable, and yeah. many questions begin to be at least flooded in your direction. He ought just to have left it where it was, and I made the statement, yeah. allow other institutions and organs of state to look into this matter. I think uh, that would have been the most prudent thing to do. But to keep responding to it, and uh, almost glibly, as he appeared to be, I think is unfortunate. Yeah. Prof, let's let's uh, tap into the step-aside rule or what is now deemed the selective and fractional step-aside rule. Uh, with what has happened and, you know, the conversations about it at the Limpopo conference yesterday over the weekend, what are your thoughts on this selective step-aside rule and does it actually fall in alignment with our constitution? I don't, I don't, yeah, the, the last clause is, is of interest to me. Which constitution are we talking about? It could be the national institution. It could.
could be the ANC constitution. It could be just a, a policy or a, a regulatory position that you take as an organization just to, for in the interest of good governance. I don't think there is anything, anything wrong with, with that. And um, when they thought about it, it's just the politics around it that is problematic. Yeah. The good intentions that informed this uh, decision was cannot be disputed. But again, a fractured organization that, that they, like the ANC can no longer come up with a policy that cannot find opposition from within its own ranks. And then suddenly you and I are discussing this. The step-aside rule has been stepped aside. It's no longer of any consequence for me, even okay. for the ANC. It's just a game that is being played and then uh, to include and to exclude. But it doesn't benefit them at all. If anything, it causes more harm and more division in the organization. The, the sooner they forget about it, the better, and use other terms, but still achieve the same objectives. Uh, Professor, let's take about Arthur Frazier's intention um, as well as timing. You know, when you think about the fact that why now? Why is this coming out now? We've got the civil conference coming up. We can't ignore that. You also can't ignore the faction that he's affiliated with. Um, does that matter, his intentions and timing, or should we focus on what's at hand? Um, we have to appreciate who's Arthur Fraser and who appointed him. And was he, why is he raising this matter at this point? Uh, it, it would be good to say um, he belongs to AWB or a PAC. For me, it's of more consequence. Yeah. At the end of the day, is a country that is really subjected to perpetual decimation by these colleagues who purport to be acting on behalf of the poor and the wretched of the earth. Their games have reached a point where, for me, are inconsequential. It is the people of South Africa who must rise and say, here and no further. Because right now, whether you want to blame or or not, it's two years ago that it happened. Why was he quiet? It's two years ago that it happened. The president was quiet. They are equally wrong in not having taken the people into confidence and letting the state institutions do the work they are supposed to do. So before the court of public opinion, if your objective, they are all at fault. I mean, just wrapping, Professor, politically, um, what do you think these allegations mean for the president with his bid to be president of the country again um, <clears throat> next? I knew you would ask that question. Give him another five or ten years and then achieve what? That's a critical one. Sure. If it is about change you are talking about, if it's about a better life and better governance, it is for the people of South Africa to decide on that one. It is not for me. But if indeed it is about that, then change the Electoral Act. Do away with the tender system. Manage migration and stop cater deployment. These are the four pillars I've been campaigning on for the past 20 years, and nobody can deny that we would do better if we were to deal with them the best, as best as we could. Political analyst, uh, Professor Lisi Batifo. Thank you so much, Professor, for speaking to us this morning. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> December elective <laughs> conference is coming up in December. Uh, Nala, are you excited about the what's going to happen? I would say in another country, yours, Yam Shubelo, president. But I don't even think much is going to be done about this. We, this is all.
all ado about nothing. Really. The, the, the part that really worries me sometimes um, is I think a lot of people are under the impression that it's almost the good side of government versus uh, the looting side of government. And the, the way things look to me, it always looks like it's the bad versus bad. Um, and obviously adding who's got more power on being bad. It's not like there's a good versus bad. It's two bad people uh, or ba- two bad factions. And both these factions are flexing their muscles on who's got the who's better at managing being a bad person. It's yeah, elephants bad. fighting and ants continuing to suffer. Tells us Shubela, guys. The Takeoff, live and exclusive to Radio 2000, 97.2 to 100 FM nationwide.